Welcome to the Kingdom Man Podcast, where we discuss some of the hard topics facing men with a Christian perspective. I am your host, James Russell. Happy to be back with you. There's been some gaps in recent episodes, and while I would love to make excuses as to why that is, the simple truth is I've been taking time to focus on what really matters, and there's been a whole lot going on at home that needs my attention. So I would hope that you would do the same thing. Learn to rest and be with your family, to enjoy the company of one another, because you never know when you may not be able to share that company again. Okay, with that, let's move on to today's topic. It's entitled Five Simple Steps to Crushing 2023. Now, I am sure that you are aware we're in the new year, and often that means We have New Year's resolutions, we have goals, we have things that we want to accomplish this year. This year is going to be our year. 2022 sucked. 2023 is going to be awesome. And we we start off the year with these great intentions. But do we finish off the year that way? If not, if you found yourself going through each year wondering why this year stinks, why this year they seem to be getting worse and worse, Here is something to help you along the way. One, the year is not going to be good to you. You have got to take control of your year and make it good for you. The year is going to be kicking and screaming the entire way, but take control of it. Take it by the horns and make this year your year. It's not going to just give it to you. You got to make it happen. So I've got five simple steps, and I say simple for a reason, because simple is easy to understand, but not necessarily easy to do. That's why I didn't say five easy steps. They're five simple steps. It's super simple to understand, but you're going to have to put some work in to make it happen. And that first simple step for crushing 2023 is this. Have a goal. Now, you may think that you already have that taken care of. And maybe you do. I hope that you do. But when I talk about having a goal, we need to understand the difference between a strategy and being tactical. Where do we need to be strategic and where do we need to be tactical? So having a goal is all about strategy. What you need in order to have a goal is a clearly stated expectation of what the outcome is going to be. Now, again, I say simple. So if your goal is to lose weight, you've already kind of lost. You need to be explicitly clear on what you expect it to look like at the end of the year. See, strategy is about where you're going. The difference between strategy and the tactical, the tactical tells you how you're going to get there. But if you have all your tactical without the strategy correct, then you're doing a whole lot of work, but you're not really sure where you're going. But you're putting in the work, right? Guys, we've got to make sure we know where we're going and make sure our efforts are putting us in the in the right place to achieve that goal. Simple step one, 
have a goal clearly stated. Make sure it's clear. You want to lose weight, how much weight? Okay? And then you go into step two, which is make a plan. That's the tactical side. You want to lose weight, how much weight? I want to lose 20 pounds. Okay, this is how we're going to lose 20 pounds then. We're going to work out more. Is that enough to lose 20 pounds by the end of the year? Could be. Depends on how much you're working out. And then the next thing is, well, what does work out mean? You've got to be very specific if you want to crush this year. So you got to make a plan to achieve your goal. Now, if you want more information about what making a plan is all about, I have an episode on that. Episode 33, you can check out that as a resource where I go into more about planning and uh, the results of not planning. I won't take you back down those roads. Go check that out, episode 33. But one of the things that you need to know is, is a famous quote by an old German field marshal. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but undoubtedly you've heard the quote. But his name is something like Moltke the Elder or Moltke, I don't know, M-O-L-T-K-E, the Elder. When you have the Elder as your last name, I mean, you sound like a G, right? So his famous quote, which in today's language comes out to basically say, no plan survives contact with the enemy. So yes, you need to make a plan, but that that's not the only plan you need to make. <laughs> when it comes to plan making, you need to consider the word pace, P-A-C-E. And I learned this from Fieldcraft Survival, props out there to Mike Glover, who educated me on this. So P is the primary, A is alternate, C is contingency, and E is emergency. For every objective that you want to complete, you need to have a primary, alternate, contingency, and emergency plan if you want to be successful. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to need all of those plans, but at some point, you're likely going to. There's going to be something that you will not see, hence no plan survives contact with the enemy. So once you begin to educate yourself in that contact, you may need to switch things up. And it's good to have an idea of, well, if this doesn't work, then I can do this. And if that doesn't work, then I could do this. And be able to not have to make new plans in the middle of things. Where you've already got the next move set. If something goes bad, you know what you're going to do. You don't have to wonder and spin your wheels and waste time. You just move on to the next. So using the PACE method is a great way to make sure that you have a good plan to execute. So simple step number one, have a goal. Simple step number two, make a plan. Here's step number three, be accountable. And I don't say that like the old-time Christian accountability partners where, you know, I'm struggling with this today. Would you pray for me? And those things might work. It never really worked for me. If it works for you, great. Keep using that. But be aware that if no one knows what your plans are, then it makes it just a little too easy for you to let the plan slide. If no one knows what you're trying to do, then there's going to be no one to make sure that you do it. Now, you may be thinking, well, you should be responsible enough to do that on your own. And yes, you should, but there's something 
to be said about having people keep you accountable. In fact, it's very biblical to have accountability. I'll let you know right now, in my church, we do things very differently. And each person in the church has a goal, not only for themselves, but also for what they're planning to do for the church during the year. And we keep each other accountable for that. I don't know any other church that does that, but we want to be successful. So we do things differently. And if no one knows what you're doing, then there's no one to make sure that you are doing what you're supposed to be doing. So be accountable. Find someone that will make sure that you are doing what you're, what you're wanting to do. Simple step number four, collaborate. If you want to achieve something big, it's likely going to take more than what you can do on your own. You're going to need to be able to enlist others, and when you enlist others, you kind of have the accountability there too. So when we collaborate, we don't just own the whole thing. We give portions of ownership to others. We help each other accomplish the goal. Again, this is an old biblical principle. We can find it in Ecclesiastes 4. Scripture says that two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. Find someone that you can work with to accomplish your goal. Collaborate. And simple step number five, learn from your failures. If you want to hear another episode on that, I have one. Episode number 10, you can check that out. One of the great things that you need to do to learn from your failures is have an after-action review. Whenever you go out to accomplish something, at the end of it, you ask yourself questions. And what is included in an after-action review? Well, what you've got to be is absolutely cold and calculated. You cannot have your feels wrapped up in what happened. You've got to step back from the situation and ask yourself these five questions. What was the mission? What actually happened? Why was there a difference between what the mission was and what happened? What we've learned from this? And what we will do in the future about it? That is how you perform an after-action review. That is how you learn from your failures. That's how you learn from your successes, too. We shouldn't just be doing work and just blindly moving forward. If you want to crush your 2023, you're going to have to look at how you're performing and making sure that you are performing the best that you possibly can, which includes not making the same mistakes over and over and over. And if I've learned anything about the human race is we get comfortable doing the same things repeatedly. We get comfortable. And because we get comfortable, we don't like change. We wish that we had change. There are things that we want to be different, but most of us don't want to do anything different to have the different outcome. And if you cannot put some work into it, if you cannot review and objectively look at what's going on around you and the effect that you have on your environment and vice versa, 
then nothing's ever going to change. It's human nature to just keep everything the same. So I know there's a few out there who are listening that will actually put these things into practice. But once you do, you will crush 2023. And it's not because of me. It's because you put the hard work in. You were willing to be uncomfortable with the way things were so that you can make things the way that you actually want them to be. Do hard things. 